You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Necessary Roughness, brought to you by Southfield Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. With 11-year NFL veteran, Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year, and captain of the National Championship Michigan Wolverines, John Jansen. And 10-year NFL veteran, two-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle, and Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay Packers, T.J. Lang. Now, here's John Jansen and T.J. Lang. Well, TJ, we only get one a year. That was our bye week, and uh, we had a chance to watch uh, really anything around the NFL, especially you, since you didn't have to work on Sunday. Uh, what was your uh, your bye weekend like? It was a great Sunday, I'll say. I mean, great weekend. You know, yeah. Saturday with college football and the upsets and the big games and leading right into Sunday, uh, watching games. I mean, like you said, I know I'm, you're the opposite. You don't get to watch a lot of – College football, obviously, yeah. with your work that you do with Michigan, I don't get to watch a lot of NFL football uh, just because I'm always at a game and you don't really get to see what's going around around the league. But yesterday was uh, Sunday was a great day, man. You get to watch. I watched most of the uh, Green Bay Jets game. Yeah, uh, just obviously my former team and kind of scouting what's coming up in the next couple of weeks for, for how the many Lions, of the guys but, that you played with are still on the roster? Oh, uh, you know what. This is crazy. So my last year in Green Bay was 2016. Yeah. My last year in Detroit was 2018. Uh, there's way more guys that I played with that are still in Green Bay than <laughs> than I played with in Detroit. Like, I and, think and there's uh, keeping in Detroit. Yeah, and I think there's still, gosh, there's still got to be four or five in Green Bay. You talk about Bakhtiari, obviously Aaron Rodgers, Mason Crosby, uh, Kenny Clark played with him, a couple other guys. So. Um, yeah, still have some close relationships with those guys and watched them yesterday. They freaking stunk, man. I mean, I don't I don't know what Green Bay, like they just they always get in their way a couple times a year. Like that team, in my opinion, the last couple years runs through one person. And it's not Aaron Rodgers anymore. And to me, it's got to be Aaron Jones. Like I watch yeah. I mean, you watch this kid, you watch how explosive he is, how dynamic he is as a runner. Um, like when they give him like 15, 18, 20 touches a game, they win. Like, it, it just is what it is. Yesterday, they give him three touches in the first half, and, you know, he doesn't even really play much the rest of the game. I think he finished with seven or eight carries. It was just like, what the hell are you doing, man? Like, teams always try to outsmart themselves, you know? And being around the NFL, John, I know you know this too, teams always – like, coaches have this attitude of, hey, we rushed for, you know, 170 last week, so – this week they're going to take away the run game, so we're going to do this instead. It's like, well, why are you stopping yourself? Why right. don't you make the other team prove that they're going to stop it before you try to get it, get out of uh, what's working for you? You know, and I think Green Bay is one of those teams where they almost out, outsmart themselves. You know what I mean? It's simple. Give the ball to Aaron Jones. 
uh, run that play action game with the you know with the, all the pre snap motion that Green Bay likes to do, and that's where Aaron Rodgers is most dangerous. So that was a frustrating game to uh, to watch them play. But you know we talked about all Lions it. fans really feel bad for you. <laughs> no, I mean I know yeah. that, but and you know it's just I, I think one thing that stood out like I was trying to just have a peaceful Sunday, like non biased, just watch games, enjoy the enjoy the day. I came out, and I, I think a lot of Lions fans feel the same way. There's so many like first year and second year head coaches that are five and one, four yeah. and two, three and three, beaten, you know, big time teams, and it's just like, man, Six like I couldn't help but to feel like, why not us? Like, when are we going to get it right? Not saying that Dan Campbell's not going to work. But it's just, you know what I mean? It's just, I think, human nature to be like, God, here we go again, man. All these other teams are having success, and here we are, you know, down in again. Uh, I couldn't help but to kind of well, let that feeling creep in a little bit, and it was kind of a downer, to be honest. It's frustrating. I get that. But you also got to realize that uh, the Lions roster that Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes took over two years ago was unlike any other. It was worse than an expansion team's roster because at least when when and I know I don't think you were uh, playing yet when when Houston came came online and when they had the expansion draft, you could protect a certain amount of guys. You had to expose. I think it was I can't remember what it was five six seven guys that were legitimate players that had been on the roster for the entire season and once you had a guy taken off then you could protect another guy but you're taking you're picking from players with NFL experience and actual legitimate NFL talent you mentioned the fact that you were done with the Lions in 18 and that you know more guys that are still playing for Green Bay in 16 than than in the from the Lions in 18 there just it wasn't a lot of talent on the roster and so the rebuild or the the restructuring of this roster had so far to go. And offensively, okay, there were some components here that are playing well with new components uh, that have been brought in. But defensively, it was, when we say devoid of talent, it was completely barren. There was nothing there when when Dan when Dan Campbell and, and Brad Holmes took over two years ago, and to think that you're going to get to like at least the Jets, right? They've got Quinn and Williams, and right. they've got you know a couple of guys that they have added to it, but you've got a guy up front that can wreak havoc, and at some point that's going to help you win games, especially when you put a guy like Sauce Gardner. And I know he's a rookie back there and, and playing well. Well, you know. We haven't for two years been able to get anything out of Jeff Okuda because he's been hurt. And you would like to say, well, you know, Aiden Hutchinson, he should be that game record. Well, he's still a rookie. There's not a lot of edge rushers that come in and wreak havoc on opponents' offenses as rookies. Yeah. The 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 distance to go is it was was so great. And I do believe that they're making progress. We've seen it offensively. Do I think they're as bad as they were in New England? No. I don't think that the offense is a, you know, is is a shutout offense. Do I think they're as good as we saw in the first 4 weeks? No. I think it's going to normalize. Do I think it's good enough to win NFL games? Absolutely. Defensively, that's a whole different matter. And yeah. 
You know, yeah, I know that they've put a lot of assets, a lot of draft assets into the defense, but you're not getting anything out of Onzerike. So far, you're not getting anything out of Pascal. Mm-hmm. And you've got a guy in, in Rodrigo that, yeah, I think he's going to be a a guy that can continue to give you depth and good play, but would he be starting on 31 other rosters? I don't think there's anybody on this defense that would be starting on another <laughs> for roster. very many teams. Uh, th- and that was something that was evident watching games yesterday, too, was just every game you watch, like every defense had – you know, one or two guys that just, hey, it's third down, make a play, man. Like yeah. game wreckers, you know. And I, Go back to watching that Green Bay game. Quinnen Williams destroyed Green Bay's offensive line. He single-handedly probably won that game. I mean, he was just in the backfield, two sacks, you know, seven hurries, four hit. You know what I mean? The yeah. run game, couldn't get anything going. I mean, he was that guy that was just like shutting just down. literally shutting down Green Bay's offense. Um, other teams you watch, you know. Uh, hey, third. Look at Thibodeau yesterday. You know, late in the game uh, that the Giants had. You know, getting pressures and and getting uh, you know quarterback hits and big moments and, and showing up. Uh, you know, when 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 the team needs them the most. Um, it's just like you see what this team's trying to do, right? And I think that when you compare them to last year, John, are they better? You said yes, and I would agree with you because I think their offense is better. I don't think their defense is any better. I think that they tried to make this defense better. I think they tried by, uh, you know, bringing in Deshaun Elliott in the back, in the D backfield and trying to solidify that spot a little bit. I think obviously uh, drafting, uh, you know, Hutchinson. Look, we were all hoping that he was going to be a game wrecker. Um, He hasn't been. He hasn't been close. Uh, Are we losing the hope on him? I don't think so. I mean, he's a rookie, right? He's got a long way to go, man. A lot of these rookies do. Uh, Rodriguez, you know, Pascal, last year's draft with Onzerike and with Ali McNeil, you know what I mean? Like, they've they've tried to add to this defense. Uh, Melifanwu, you know, uh, Kirby Joseph. I mean, yeah. all these guys that you're trying to add to this this defense, um, you know, to, to get them to play better, they, they're just not playing good. And I don't know if it's a, a scouting issue or if it's a confident issue when it comes to individual players, um, but it just hasn't worked. Now, Will it? Is it a complete failure? No. I mean, you're you're relying on a lot of first and second year players uh, to be playmakers for you, make a difference. The fact of the matter is, they haven't done that yet. Yep. That doesn't mean they they will never get to that point. Uh, but that's what that's been what's what's been disappointing is that you see other teams relying on first and second year players that are making plays, and you look at our young players over here in Detroit, and it's like. Nah, they got some growing to do. They're rookies. They're going through that usual, you know, kind of strut a little bit where, you know, can't get anything going. Um, where other teams are just like, man, they've got rookies too, and they're out there balling out, you know. Um, so I think that's the frustrating thing. But, you know, this, this they, I mean, it, it kind of goes back to – I remember an episode we had earlier in the season, John, and, yeah. you know, me and you were very vocal about our expectations about, you know, hey, maybe – Eight wins, maybe nine wins. You know, maybe anywhere about seven to nine. I think yeah. was was fair. That was the expectation we had going into the season. Anything less would have been disappointing. And I remember asking you, man, like, are we getting bamboozled? Like, is this going to be another, you know, one of these Detroit teams? Like, we were just coming off the Tiger season. Like, man, yeah. a lot of promise. Right? We expect to be better. They were, shit. you know, even the Wings last year. Hey, we expect to be better. They were, shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like you kind of. I had that fear of. 
now we're getting sucked into this trap again where we think this team's going to be good or, you know, at least make improvements, and it, we're not going to see it. In are you year, biting on that? I mean, here we are. We're <laughs> one in five, you're one in four, you know, with the Detroit Lions, and it's just like, man, uh, it's frustrating. But at the same time, I mean, I don't think I've really lost any hope in Dan Campbell. No. Um, I don't think I've really lost any hope as far as the rest of the season goes. Um, I still think that, uh, you know, they can turn this thing around. I think every team is going to go through stretches like the Lions have where you're going to lose two, three in a row. Um, do they have the right personnel and the right coaches and the right players to get this thing back on track after the bye week? I mean, we'll see, right? We'll see. There's there's the bye week anytime. Uh, it's a great time to kind of self-reflect, self-scout, figure yeah. out what's going right, figure out what your strengths are, and also you got to address your weaknesses. And the one thing about Dan Campbell that I, I, I still believe in um, that I think is a really good quality of his is his ability to put his ego aside, you know, not say – Hey, this is my way. Either do it my way or get the hell out. You see that a lot with coaches in the NFL. He's been he's shown that ability to adapt. Uh, we saw it last year when the offense was struggling. You know, made a made a, a coaching change and kind of took more ownership of that. Uh, we saw it. You know, a little bit going into New England where hey, defensively things are bad. We're going to change some schemes. We're going to change some personnel. We're going to bench a couple guys. You know, yeah. Or Um So he's he's shown that ability to adapt. Now. What I'm anxious to see is is what they look like coming out of this bye week because that team, go after five games, they look so defeated, just mentally, physically. Uh, it was a bit of a concern because you realize how long the season is. I think the bye week really came at a good time for them, but we'll see what what changes they make. And that's what I wanted to ask you. I know we're going to kind of wanted to get into a little bit uh, in your mind. I mean, what is what would you say the biggest weakness of this team is right now that they're going to have to address moving forward if they want to make those improvements that we hope to see? Well, I, I think it's it's going to be defensively. I'm not that concerned about offense. I think they're going to continue to be able to run the ball. I think they're going to be able to protect Jared Goff. He's going to find receivers. They're going to score points. Defensively, it's putting pressure on a quarter, opposing quarterbacks, and it's not having to dial up a – unique, creative blitz. It's being able to put pressure on a quarterback by rushing four or five guys and winning one-on-one matchups. At some point, you know, Hutch, even though he is a rookie, you you're, expect him to be able to get pressure on an opposing quarterback by being able to match or, or you know, win a matchup. Same with Charles Harris. And when, you know, when Romeo comes back, whenever that is, of being able to put pressure on quarterbacks so that you can drop seven guys into coverage. The deep, the I think the weakest part of this team, and it's become that way due to, to injury as well when you lose Tracy Walker, is the secondary. And whether you want to include linebackers in that part, yeah, they're a part of the, the pass defense, but it's the secondary. And if you can put pressure on quarterbacks so they've got to throw the ball quicker, that they're not able to sit back there dissect the defense, see where everybody's at, pick a part of defense, and do that for 60 minutes, it's going to help this team. And if you can help them defensively and they could get a stop, force a punt, force a couple of punts earlier in the game other than just in the fourth quarter, then you give the team a chance to get a lead and possibly hold a lead. Yeah. And, and so I think it's really a matter of Winning, winning some matchups up front. And, yeah, you could sprinkle in some blitzes. 
You could sprinkle in, you know, bringing a safety off the edge or a corner off the edge, something unique. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. From time to time, but you you can't base being able to put pressure on opposing quarterbacks with Exotic blitzes. Yeah. No, and I'm with you. And I think the the biggest thing we'll see is, you know, wh- wh- which which one of those injured players uh, are close to returning. You know, I know Onzerike, God, coach, didn't he say he's, <laughs> like six weeks ago, said he's healing at a snail's pace. Yeah. Like, that's never good when your coach no, says I that. No, I wouldn't expect him. To, I, don't, <laughs> I don't necessarily know that I expect him to ever be back in a Lions uniform. Now, I'm not saying his career is over, but. I think his time in Detroit. There's is something going on there. I mean, yeah, there's something going on, but we'll see. I mean, hopefully, look. I mean, he showed some promise last year. Could he help this defensive line? I think he could. Um, but like kind of mentioned, there might be some other things going on there. But you know, a guy like Jerry Jacobs, who played really good last year. Uh, you know, he's on that PUP list that uh, they're going to have to make a decision about him. Uh, probably this week or next week to see, yeah. hey, is he going to have a chance to play in the next couple games or is he going to be a, a long-term IR guy? You mentioned Romeo. Uh, I think we're all anxious to see, hey, is Pasco close? You know, is he a guy, you watch the film of Kentucky and uh, the explosiveness that he had and, and penetrating, getting into the backfield, being disruptive. Uh, is he a guy that's close to getting healthy that can come back and help this defensive line out as well? But one thing that I want to see defensively is tendency breakers. Right, I think teams know. Hey, first and second down, this team's playing zone coverage, and we get into third down. Mac, or it was, I think it was Bailey Zappi said it after the New England game. We knew what they were doing on third down. It was yeah. going to be man to man. It was going to be zero pressure, and we took advantage of that. We won our one on one matchups. We knew what was going to happen. Um, so this defense, to me, it's going to be about 
breaking those tendencies, right? Bluffing teams, right? Uh, bluffing coverages, shifting, uh, you know, the pre-snap, whatever it is, making the quarterback have to readjust, you know, during the play instead of just lining up, okay, hey, they're in man coverage, said hike, let's go. Like, you know what I mean? Show cover, show man, drop back, you know, show blitz, drop back, show three-man rush, hey, bring that pressure, right? Because that's something that when you watch this team, John, and especially on third downs, like however they line up, yeah. that's what they're doing. You know, if they line up six guys at the line of scrimmage, they're blitzing six guys. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, they're lining up, you know, tight man to man coverage on the outside. It's man to man coverage. You don't see a lot of, uh, you know, baiting other quarterbacks into making, uh, oh man, wow, that was good defense. I thought it was man. They switched to a, you know, cover three shell, whatever it was. You don't see a lot of that with this defense. So that's something that hopefully they took a, a deep dive at. I know anytime you get a bye week, you, you really have a lot of time to self scout. You find out what your tendencies are and, and you try to break those a little bit because, like you know, teams are just so good in the NFL. If you just if you do what if you do the same thing every week, you're going to get burned. Especially yeah. if you don't have the players uh, that can win one on one matchups. I mean, you're not like God. I remember playing San Fran in 2011, 12, 13, where you know they had seven All Pro guys on that defense. They literally ran two plays. It was like you knew what was coming, but they were just so good they could beat you one on one. That could make your life hell. Uh, the Lions don't have that, so. I'd like to see a little bit more uh, creativity when it comes to switching things up defensively. And we already saw some personnel changes in the New England game. Yeah, um, We saw other guys get other opportunities. Now I want to see uh, schematically how can you take that next step of, okay, we want to simplify things, we want to play fast, but at the same time, we also want to, you know, maybe confuse the other team's quarterbacks a little bit, force them into making mistakes. Because how many times have we really seen opposing quarterbacks make mistakes against this defense? Like it doesn't really happen. You know what I mean? Like you don't see uh, Jared Goff's interception against Seattle, for for uh, for example. You know the pick six that uh, I think Woolen had coming out of halftime. Jared Goff was like, I thought it was man to man, and I just didn't see the corner yeah. kind of drop into that zone and you know what I mean like those are the things that this defense going to have to do so that's something that probably at the top of my list uh, that I just I need to see improvement yeah and and so obviously when when you're talking about breaking tendencies that's that's more of a coaching um, you know situation and I talked about the pass rush up front winning matchups uh, from the head coach's perspective if if you're Dan Campbell and you're looking at the decisions that you made in the first five games. And I'm not saying any of them were right, any of them were wrong. But you're looking at how can I give my my team a better chance to win games. Do you think some of those decisions he made, and we could just go back to the, the New England game, you know, going forward on fourth down six times and not converting any of them. Whether you convert them or not is irrelevant when you are just – starting with the analyzing, should I have gone for it or should I have kicked, should I have made a different decision? Do you think he's making those fourth down decisions? Because like you, I love it that he's aggressive. I want an aggressive head coach. I want a guy that's not going to sit back and wait for somebody else to make a mistake. He's going to try and force the issue. Do you think he's making those because he wants to extend drives and he feels like, I have the I have the horses to be able to do it, or is he making those decisions because he's 
just gambling and trying to create opportunities because he knows his defense isn't going to make it happen. <laughs> I think it's probably the latter, to be honest with you. I think that it, it seems like Dan Campbell thinks that he needs a touchdown every single drive to win games. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's just kind of the vibe that you get. Like, if we go empty possession here, oh, man, we could go down 10, oh, we could go down 13, whatever it is. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. that he has a fear of – uh, letting games get away early um, by going empty possessions on offense. Now, you can understand that because right. certainly this defense has been bad. If but that's his thought process, I'm I'm more okay with the decisions because he's identifying a weakness and right. trying to, you could say, be aggressive, gamble, whatever it is to cover it up. Yeah, but with that being said... And I and like you said, I mean, we both like the fact that Dan is an aggressive head coach by nature, and I think the players really love it too. You talk to offensive linemen, they're like, "Dude, we love yeah. going for it on fourth and one, man. If we can't get one yard, we don't deserve to win this game." You know, we love the fact that coach is putting that trust in us to go, you know, extend the drive. Um, but with that being said, there's also there's times like. That New England game, man, it's six to nothing. Like your defense was actually playing pretty good yeah. in the first half. You got a chance to cut the lead and try a what fifty yard field goal, which in today's NFL, like that should be you don't want to see a gimme, but that should be a high percentage kick in today's NFL. One that you should have confidence in your kicker <laughs> making. Right. And and you say, Okay, yeah, we're gonna try it. Hey, best case scenario, boom, we go, you know. We're down six six to three. Okay, we're, we got a chance, man. Our defense playing good, right? We got points on the board. Worst case scenario, you turn the ball over and it goes back for a touchdown, and now you're down 13, right? It's just like decisions like yeah. that that you, you need to – I love the fact that he's aggressive, but I think there's a time and place. I think if you're playing – you know, clearly the the Philly game, the defense wasn't stopping anybody. Clearly the Seattle game, your defense wasn't stopping anybody. When you're going to play, uh, you know, Buffalo, you're going to have trouble stopping them. So those games, I can understand the thought process of, hey, we can't afford any empty possessions. We got to keep this a ball game, and we got to take advantage every time we have the ball. Uh, but there's going to be times where even the Minnesota game, your defense was playing pretty good. I mean, you were shutting them out in the second half until – what five six minutes left? Like there's just there's times where you have to feel the flow of the game and trust your defense. Say you know what, man, I'm going to trust these guys to get a stop. Um, that that's somewhere that that's that's something I'd like to see them improve because unfortunately, are they a one in four football team because of Dan Campbell? I don't think so. No, I, I don't think so. Could they be two and three possibly with a couple better decisions? Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Um, but when you talk about the decision making with Dan Campbell, I think that I would hope that he took this bye week uh, to really reflect on some of those decisions. Yeah. Um, and we've heard him take accountability too. I know he's not one of those coaches that you know gets asked about going for it on fourth down and gets all pissy about it. Like he's the smartest guy in the room. I mean, he said multiple times after games this year. Like I hate that I did that, man. I hate that I tried the field goal, or I hate that, you know, I threw the ball deep on, you know, third and one, and oh, man, I hate it, you know. So at least he takes accountability. That lets me know that at least he's aware um, of the mistakes that he's making, and you know, hope to see, uh, hope to see just smarter management um, going through the rest of the season. Because I think one thing that we can live with, John, 
is if they play, you know, a really good team and you compete and you battle and you lose, but you, you're playing hard and, yeah. and, hey, look, man, the other team was just too good today. Like, you can live with that. What you can't live with is more of the same things that we saw the first five games where Minnesota, man, like that game should have been a win and probably should have been if, you know, the coach didn't make one bad, you know, stupid right. decision, right? That's just something that I think is going to be – tougher to live with if it keeps happening right you don't want it to be lost because of a a pick six or a return fumble or you know mistakes that are made yeah. you want it to be simply because the team was better uh and had more talent so let's let's finish up this this early edition here this week because we're going to talk at the end of the week more about the cowboys matchup the trip to dallas and we'll give you a little preview of that later in the week but you know, it used to be real easy um, with 16 games to say, hey, you know, split this season into quarters and you got four games in each quarter. Well, we're going to give that first quarter of those five games, that extra game. That one's in the bag. They are one and four coming out of that. The next four games, your expectations uh, for this team at Dallas, home against the Miami Dolphins, the Green Bay Packers, and then on the road to Chicago. After these four games, if it was a four-game season, what do you think? What's realistic to think for the Lions? I think two and two is realistic. I think, obviously, look, Dallas is playing really good football. Um, Miami, will they have two back by that point? Uh, you know, I'm counting on it Yeah. because um, he's already missed the last two games. You get Green Bay and then you get Chicago. I think Chicago is a winnable game. Um, and look, you have two games at home back to back with Miami and with Green Bay. Uh, that's a chance to maybe steal one. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Um, so I think that, and even, you know what? Like you watch Dallas and their defense is good, but that's also, like, that's your strength too. You know, I mean, your strength is your offensive line. Like right. I can't wait to watch. Panay Sewell and, and Decker and Parsons like battle it out. I know we will, but just get too far down little, that road. little teaser. Like I'm, I'm, I'm excited to watch those matchups, but I think they, I think they could potentially match up well with Dallas. You know, I do. Uh, Dallas's offense isn't, you know, super explosive. Will Dak be back? Um, yeah. We'll we'll talk if about is, it more at the end of the he, week. It yeah, sounds like he's, he's leaning that be way. His first game back. You're right. Kind of kind of cobwebs will we have exactly. So we'll we'll hit more of that at the end of the week. But it, I mean, I'm just telling you, man. Like Dallas is a game that they could potentially steal. I think if they come out of this bye week making the changes that we talked about earlier, um, and then you got a chance. You know, you got Chicago at the end, and you got two home games, man. Like you got those two home games, Miami. I mean, they're making a long trip up from the south. You know, Green Bay. We saw what they looked like this past week. I mean, they're they're still trying to figure a lot of things out. So I think there's potential to. To maybe, uh, you know, realistic two and two, John, is that realistic? Yeah. I'm not sitting here saying they can win all four or they should win three out of the four. But at the same time, you could see them, you know, not winning any of those. But I think that uh, to, to really show us that you're a different team, I think this next four-game stretch here is imperative to how the rest of the season is going to go. If you come out here and lay eggs, you know, this weekend's Dallas, you lay an egg against Miami, you lay an egg against Green Bay, it's going to be a totally man. It's it's going to be bad. So yeah. you know we're going to see exactly what who they are. Oh, uh, what I heard from you early on before you talked about laying eggs was uh, at the end of the second quarter here they're going to be five and four. <laughs> I did not say <laughs> yeah, that on the way. Did not to say your that eight nine win prediction. <laughs> they'll, not, be, they'll be a recovery hey, great. Did not say that. But look, man, if this defense can just continue to make minor improvements, we did yeah. see a couple during uh, in that New England game. 
Uh, if they can continue to just take those steps and make those improvements and you get your offense back to what they were doing, you know, the first four weeks, is that realistic to expect? No, I don't expect them to go score 35, 38 points a game. Um, but I just want to see complimentary football. I just want to see a complete game. I want to see the defense play well, and I want to see the offense do enough to, you know, outscore the other team. So, um, Oh, it sounds like they're they're getting healthier. I know yeah. they were pretty banged up there that last game heading in New England, and hopefully they get a couple players back that we haven't seen yet this year that uh, can kind of reinforce some of those spots defensively. But uh, I'm not I'm not completely down on this team yet. Yeah, yeah, we'll yes. see. Well, we'll, we'll see. get a chance to talk at the end of the week about uh, more in depth about the matchup. Uh, on that trip to Dallas uh, as Detroit comes off of their bye. We'll see what type of adjustments they're making, uh, both on the field, off the field, and uh, and with the coaching staff. So uh, we'll talk to you at the end of the week, and uh, we thank you for listening to Necessary Roughness. <laughs>